it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Good afternoon and welcome, everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio on War Chant TV. Great to be with you. Appreciate you joining us. Sort of a pseudo Redemption Thursday. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. Director Matthew in the house. Twitter, it's at J Cameron Show. You guys good? You guys hear me? Everybody, this thing on? <laughs> It kind of echoed weird in my head for a half a second. I thought, oh, here we go again. Here we go. It's working now. We're all right. Hey, I'm not exactly thrilled about what we have to talk about to lead, which was... Um, Do we? Well, I, you can't ignore it. It's 40 to 10. At 40 to 10, uh, you, you have officially quit. And that is... It's a bad roster. There are a lot of things that aren't very good. Jalen Worley's not any good. Um, you know, you have uh, Darren Green Jr. can shoot sometimes, but that's about the only thing he does. Caleb Mills' best quality is he can create a shot every now and then, but he's not tough. Um, Matthew Cleveland has reached his ceiling. Got a unique skill set in Bob Miller that we don't use. I don't know, man. It's uh, worst I've seen it. Worst I've seen I don't know what they're going to do. Well, this was a follow-up, an encore, if you will, to last year's trip to the state of North Carolina, but to play the Tar Heels, because the first halves were very similar in terms of point disparity. I think we got to six by the 10-minute mark of the first half. We got to six. In that one? Which was, no, in this one, last night. Did we, we get we to six? six? Oh, six yeah, six points. At the halfway point of the, yeah, of the first Yeah, yeah, I half. think we had six. Yeah, it was 20. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. Yeah. I've got one rule stemming from last night's game other than the obvious things because I'm sure you would chime in and say, don't suck. That's probably a good rule, too. It's a good rule. But uh, let's not yell and one down 20-plus. That happened multiple times last night. Different players. You could probably guess one of them. But multiple players yelling and one on our side down 20-plus. That's not what we do, guys. It's the second worst loss Worst ACC loss for FSU under Leonard Hamilton. Been here a long time. Uh, second worst loss. And I think this one has many elements that make it the worst. Um, you know, when you're, when you're down 40 to 10, with six minutes and 18 seconds left in the half, and it's 24 to 4, you're not playing hard. I mean, it's impossible to be playing hard and have score 40 to 10. 
So, you know, I, I, I think, you know, the, the, the likelihood of, of one more season for him is, is there. It's in place. It'll happen next season, I think. Keep doing this for the next eight games, though. Makes it really tough, right? And how do you hit the reset button? Because I think the only way that you do that, you have one last campaign in which you go and, and, and make the tournament, and then he calls it a day. I mean, he'll be 75 in August. So I would think that he's probably ready to call it a day. Um, but you have to, I, in this day and age, we usually use this to talk about the transfer portal as it pertains to football, but you're going to have to do it in basketball. You're going to have to just, I mean, this you got to purchase roster. That's the other thing is you might have some players that you like, but there's no guarantee they're going to stick around. The guys that are the, the proper type of members of this program, they do the right things, they've got some skill to them, they're going to develop in the long term. If they're going through this, and they're doing all of the right things, what makes them want to stick around here if they've got a freebie? Go somewhere else. That's the hard part here. That's what you've got to navigate is, yeah, you may want to purge some things, can't get much worse. So if you've got guys that you don't believe are going to lead and help fix the problem, then let them go. But for the other ones, is there's there some, any guarantee that they're going to stick around? There's some guys that you'd be happy if they approached you and said they were ready to take sure. you know, By all means. Yeah. By all means. Yeah, it sucks. It's an awful situation. I won't stay on the subject for a prolonged period of time because it's just beating dead horse. It's self-evident what's happening. There's not much to say other than they're terrible and it looks like they're going through the motions. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. And that automatically, by definition, if you say somebody's terrible and they're going through the motions, that reflects poorly on the entirety of the basketball program. And again, by definition, there's a man who heads the basketball program. So it's not a good look. Uh, I hate it because it's antithetical to everything Ham stands for and everything that he preaches and everything that he tries to instill and everything that he's done in the past. Um, but it it's the reality of their situation, and there's no ignoring that. We don't do that. We don't pretend it's not happening. We don't turn our heads to things like this just because it's ugly and unfun to to have a discussion about. We, we certainly have to address it. You know, I had one guy on Twitter who's been a reasonable person uh, over the years that, I, you know, you get people who reach out to you all the time and make comments and, you find the ones that are irrational and prone to hyperbole and those that are a little bit more even keel. And he said, look, man, if it were anybody else, I'd, I'd be in favor of, of firing them on the spot. But it's him, and I love him, and I know what he's about, and I know what he's done and what he's achieved. And so, yeah, you could have another year, but we're, we're about done here. And this is – if it were anybody else, you, you could bet you'd be saying, well, this is it. Well, and there's also the little thing about game pressure that doesn't exist for our opponents. Number one, in the scout, they're not afraid. Number two, when they step on the court and – Maybe there's some uncontested threes early in the game. What do you think? They're not afraid. That's where I would often bring up, at times, there's randomness in basketball. Not quite as random as baseball, per se. But, you know, if you got a kid who's a career 31% three-point shooter and he's 6 of 10 in the first half, that's a little unlucky. You got unlucky. But unfortunately for this particular team, this year, nobody's afraid to shoot against us because they're oh, going to they be open. They can't wait. They're going to be open, and there's no game pressure because they're blowing us out. So, you know, they get to 75% from three late in the first half, NC State. They start the game with four consecutive threes last night. Nobody's afraid to play us. Now, if you play the old Florida State team and there's a wide-open look because of the collapsing nature of the defense, there is pressure on you. You've got to make that because if you don't, that's an empty <laughs> possession. Here they go the other yeah, way, and yeah. you, you need to make those critical shots. There are no critical shots. If you're the opponent, no critical shots here last night. No big deal. You're just having fun. A uh, large margin of victory for the Wolfpack in the 62 game series. I mean, that <laughs> again, 
there are a lot of numbers that leap off the page. Uh, usually, I'm just highlighting something you just highlighted, which is the opponents having opportunities to bomb away with nobody in their face, and it's, it's like a practice from beyond the arc. But, you know, you're setting some dubious records here, series records and, and things of that ilk. It, it just makes it hard. I hate it. I hate everything about it. It's not a quick fix. I don't know what you do. It's going to have to be a transfer portal deal. Uh, but you're right. There are so many other question marks surrounding, uh, you know, what, what happens moving forward after this embarrassment. Well, the place it's gone is it's several steps. It's, oh, come on. Of course he's going to get another year. Maybe a couple more years. That's insulting. Don't bring that up, too. Man, they better get it together here because things are starting to tighten up a little bit too. Boy, if they keep this up, it's hard to bring him back for one more year. Because yeah, if you go through another three to four weeks and there are historic losses, historic losses in series history. Well, that's what I mean. That's that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm, I'm down. I'm depressed. It really makes me sad. I have nothing but immense respect for the man and the coach that is Leonard Hamilton. Immense respect. I know how hard he has worked. I know what he has accomplished. And I know who he is. And for people who do, and that includes the other coaches across the board in that athletic department, you can't have anything but immense love and respect for Leonard Hamilton. And yet, the reality of the situation is that basketball team is terrible. They were terrible last year. After a while, you can say, well, look, the circumstances, they were unlucky. That's true. That's true. But at some point here, we're going to get in on three and four years of, oh, well, they're terrible again, and now you have a really difficult path to ever bring it back. I said whenever it was two years ago, I guess, that I not only was I devastated that they didn't get the opportunity to make the run that they had built towards, they, they would have made a run. Uh, I, I believe there was a really good chance they were going to the Final Four, and once you're in the Final Four, uh, you have an opportunity to maybe, maybe win a national championship. All right, well, regardless if you agreed with that or not, there were several people around the country who were basketball analysts, including Dick Vitale and others, who really thought that that team could win the national championship. So if you want to yell at the radio, hey, you're a homer, of course you thought that. Well, there were a lot of people who don't care anything about Florida State who thought it as well. They were deep. They were talented. They had a good mental makeup. They were tough. There were a lot of things about them. They were skilled. Um, so that didn't happen. And then – the worst thing that could happen is that the younger assistants who really helped rejuvenate Leonard uh, and I think certainly helped in recruiting because it was a nice balance between the wisdom um, and, and the father figure that is Ham and the young and, and up-and-coming coaches yeah, on the, the staff. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they had a nice balance to it. You know, recruits loved it. You know, you had the young up-and-coming coaches that they could relate to the players well, and then you had the father figure – uh, and Leonard Hamilton, and Stan Jones, who's also a father figure in that way. Uh, so you had a perfect mix, the young and the old. And kids responded to it. Parents responded to it. They were able to get kids in here. But it didn't happen And then be because of the pandemic. And then you lose the coaches that I'm talking about. You lose Gates. You lose CY. And when you lose those guys, now you lost elite recruiters and an aspect of your coaching staff that created the balance that I'm referencing. And I worried at the time, said it. Guys, I hate this. I hate saying this out loud. Kind of my job. But I don't think we're ever going to get back to where we were. I, the writing is on the wall. Now, some other things happened that I could not have predicted, and I don't like being right about this. Um, but some other things happened, and it's expedited the process. They got screwed by the NCAA. They had a bunch of guys get hurt again. I mean, all that's true. But at the end of the day, this was humiliating. 
And I know nobody is paying attention to for two reasons. The, the team's terrible, okay, so I got that you're not exactly locked in on a nightly basis. But for those who are, who do care about the fight and the game, the game effort and whether or not they're going to end the season with something of an uptick to give you some hope going into next year, maybe some tweaking instead of a massive rebuild or overhaul. So you, you're kind of watching these games. You're thinking, well, at the very least, i got to see. I mean, if you're done in the garden goal, i got to see that you're fighting for it. you got to got to care about you got to have enough pride in yourself, your coaches, and your teammates that you're going to go out and play. you got to play hard. But when I don't see that, well, we got real problems. Now, now, you, now you have serious question marks about what you do moving forward. Yeah, and that's the thing is it's, it's about the toughness. That's what doesn't sit well is even the team that got bounced by Michigan on the precipice of going to yeah. New Heights, the team that wasn't allowed to play due to the pandemic, they weren't out tough. Ever. Either, either of those teams. Ever. And they're a couple of the predecessors for that. You know, of course. There was the year with Xavier. That was the problem. That was uh, Mac's only real victory, it felt like, over, over Ham, where you felt like, oh, man, you were taught a lesson that day on what it means and what it takes to be tough enough in the tournament. From that point on, through the pandemic, nobody was as tough, or, or nobody was tougher. There were teams as tough, but you, you weren't going to lose in that category. And then when you see the rollover effect, I mean, the first 50 points that are earned last night, you get 10 of them. I don't care how stripped down the roster is, you can't only have 10 of the first 50 points of the game. Well, it can't constantly be 24 to 4. Like every time we look up, the score is 20 to 6, 24 to 4, 26 to 7. It's like bizarre. Like, are we not prepared right. to play we'll a game? We'll go toe game? to toe. And we're down twenty. I mean, great. Yeah, I mean the out. What what it does is it shows you that the outlier, and I know why it was the outlier in retrospect because they really shot it well, for whatever reason. The outlier was the pick game. That wasn't an indicator of what was to come. Instead, it was an outlier. They just made a lot of shots that night. They don't make a lot of shots. They certainly didn't last night, and the opponent does. The opponent consistently well, does. Th that's where the stats can lie to you because they shoot a good percentage for the night, but in the formative moments of the game, no, as in the yeah. first 10 minutes, first eight minutes of the ball game. Yeah, you got to watch the game. You got to yeah, watch the exactly. game. Exactly. You know, six-minute drought, <laughs> you know, that's not going to help. You could shoot well after that because guess what? Again, the opponent's having just a good old night. 9 p.m. tip, no problem. It's going to be a fun Wednesday night here. The, the I will say this. Let me put one one final little spin on this here that that does give you hope. The team that just trounced your ass last night, NC State, did go out in the portal and get much better guards, uh, and you can see that improvement. Pitt did too. Pitt's totally turned it around as well. Th those are two teams. Those are two good examples of teams that went out in the transfer portal and got kids to come in and totally changed the makeup of their team. So it's possible uh, to go do that. Pitt's not exactly tradition-laden, and they were able to go do it. So if you're looking for somebody akin to us, there you go. Oh, and again, he he's reinvented the wheel already here yes, at Florida State. Yes, so yes. It, it can happen, but my concern yeah. is that there is a threshold in which you've gone too far, and I don't like that we're barreling towards it right now. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, I looks like the brake line is cut. We've got the e-brake, but if we pull the e-brake <laughs> and it doesn't work, I don't know. I don't know how this vehicle stops. Well, and and you just you're you're saddened by a couple of things here. You, you go through this, um, okay. Look, let's just say it. Um, you, you've got some guys that aren't developing as fast as you'd like. 
You got some guys that haven't taken the next step. You got some guys that I don't think can be on the roster of a good team. Um, I'm just going to put it that way. There's a couple guys that get playing time on this team that aren't uh, capable at this level. But you don't that, have they, they really shouldn't be out there. You don't have, and I'm not talking about skill. You don't have a Bernard James. You don't have no, a Tony you don't, D. You, you don't, don't have, have a, a Derwin. No. You don't have no. Terrence. Corin Trent. Com- Corin comes the closest. But can he lead right now? No. I mean, and he, he, listen. That's he, what I'm. He's I'm a freshman. He, yeah, he's a freshman. A tone setter. You don't have that guy right now. Clearly, clearly, because it can't get as bad. I mean. I see in the chat, too. So the first 45, they scored 37. It's 37-8 last night. 37-8. Mm-hmm. I don't care how stripped down the roster. You've got enough good players here. You've got enough. If they're fighting. If, if they're, they're playing fighting, hard. If they're, playing, if they're tough. playing tough. Yeah, no. They don't have a lot. I, I don't want to overstate what they do no. have. Our fan base tends to – I get emails all the time about how good Caleb Mills is and how good Darren Green is and how good Worley's going to be. Man. I'm judging man. it against 37-8. to eight. Well, I'm not I, asking, and this ain't the only one. I'm not asking for 30 to 20 knolls. I'm saying 37. It doesn't have to be. There's no excuse for that. And now that's happened multiple times in the last calendar year. Come on now. It's ugly. It's ugly. And they could not have predicted that. I mean, now listen, again, uh, it stinks with the gaining injury that really affected them. Nobody's ignoring that. I don't want people to think I'm oblivious to the fact that they really did get a bad break before this season, losing your stopper, your rim protector, the guy that was going to rebound and block shots who had proven himself to be able and capable of that. that that's awful. Um, I, that stinks. Uh, so that that hurt him. And then, of course, the 16-game suspension He's hurt back him. now. I know. I know. It does. I mean, I, I'm really worried that, that what we see of him is all we're ever going to see. I mean, he could decide. He could. Uh decide to head back to Spain. He could play ball for Real Madrid's basketball team. They could. He he, I, he may not want to stick around for this. This is a nightmare. Now, he strikes me as a really good kid. Yeah, I agree. And a hard worker and a, and a kid who's bought in. So I'm not saying he's going to leave, but he could. Well, and, and exactly lighten it up in the film department. That would be uh, an NBA combine workout that would get him drafted. Not necessarily what's going on here as of yet. But he could be a player that helps turn it around if you need to do a little purge and portal action, a little one-two punch, that he seems like a type of player. You're right about Corin. I mean, it's just that you got to go get some guards. They don't have anybody that can stay in front of anybody. They're not likable. It's that. I mean, unfortunately, this team was always likable even when they failed because for the the 1.0 existence of Leonard Hamilton's tenure here, they played over their heads. They didn't have the skill. But they had the will defensively to put you in position to win basketball games. So that group, for that reason, might have been boring, but they were likable because they got the most out of themselves. Are they getting the most out of themselves right now? Well, they, they're probably going through the motions, as I said. And at this point, they, they, they've packed it in. And so these games get uglier and uglier and tougher and tougher to view. Florida State, the football team, improved more than 70% in production on seven of the 10 NCAA categories um, in PFF. Well, last year, did you? That's an insane yep. number. Gene and I did a video on it, but he did the whole breakdown in terms of NCAA stat improvement and then also PFF grade improvement. Yeah, and I want to talk about it because we didn't talk about it yesterday. So let's talk about it next. Jeff Cambridge, ninety three three Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day. 
And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon-neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio or Chant TV. Well, it's early yet. It's early yet, but I, I'm on a good run here, Tom. I just want you to know that once again, this could be my day at the end of day one out there at Pebble. I have Hoagie, who is minus three through six. I have Maverick McNeely, who's minus three through five. And I have Scott Stallings, who's two under through seven. Who had a great season last year. So, buddy, I'm just letting you know, three of my five or my six here are, are rolling on Big River. It's did, early yet. Did Scott Stallings keep the mustache this year? Because he, uh, he looked like yes. he looked like one of those weightlifters from the 1920 carnival photos. Yeah, they were. That have it was great, shirts. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. A lot of volatility in this field here. You can you can take guys. If we're talking about odds, this would be the week where if you wanted to to gamble, you go fifty to a hundred to one, like fifty to one to a hundred to one, like whatever that group looks like. Take all those guys, and maybe one stud. Take like Spieth if you want, because of course rec history. But you could you could do that. And then everybody else you sprinkle in are these 50 to 1, 60 to 1, 70 to 1 guys. Did you play any Knowles? There are three of them out there. No, I didn't play any Knowles. I didn't play any Knowles. Jonas is out there. Did you know that? He's one under through two. Really? Blixty. Still hanging in there. Good for him. I knew that Pack was out there. It's a big week for John Pack. Uh, it is a big week for John Pack. I, you know, Vincent Norman is looking like the guy that's going to have the best chance to uh, succeed early on tour. At one point last week, he was in second place in the tournament. Now, that's a tough course, and he didn't hold up. No, he fell to pieces. He fell to pieces. I, that, I will tell you that a lot of guys that were hanging around up there for, for a day or two fell to pieces. That, it wasn't just him. A lot of veteran players, it, when the weather gets cold there, it's hard. It's a hard course, and you can't, you, you can't be out of place there. you gotta be, you got to know where to hit. The PGA tries so hard to prop this event up, and, and it just annoys the hell out of me. Because on Pro Bowl weekend, which is code for a nothing weekend, 
There's no football of any. I mean, they're doing a flag football game now. Yeah, they are. Which you is actually smart. Me, yeah. You can't give me a better tournament than the Pebble Pro Am on Pro Bowl weekend. Come on now. Give me give me the WM. But next week they give you the yeah, you get waste management next week. I know. And it's awesome. It concludes just before the Super Bowl. Right. Actually, it's it perfect. makes for a good Sunday. It does. Nice little one two. It's an awesome boom, Sunday. Boom. And that's why they do that. They they gotta kinda put this here, I guess. I mean I switch the Genesis here. Get Tigers tournament on during Pro Bowl weekend. Yeah, I don't love I it, now, listen, I'm a bit of a, a nut. I, I watch all of these, and I gamble on all of them. I like, and I can watch Thursday, I, I watch Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I love it all. It's awesome to me, but I get that this is not a great draw. There's a nice 67 for Bo Hostler. Well, he's playing Spyglass today. Remember that, so it'll be a much tougher day tomorrow on Pebble. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's an aside. All right, I teased it, so let's talk about it. The PFF categories 2021-2022 with a reminder that the stats and grades compiled by Pro Football Focus, yes, in this situation, do uh, denote remarkable improvement for Florida State, but aren't everything, and I'm aware of that. It's not shocking to see the offensive uh, grades and, and where Florida State, you know, how much better Florida State is but it is shocking to see the extent that the offense, for example, improved, Tom. When you went through this, were you, like, when you see you go from, you know, 96 to 7th, are you are I mean, you a little bit blown away? I was a little blown away by 96th, like, just in review. It, that, that was hard to, to fathom. Were we that bad? I mean, we weren't cause, good. Because we were explosive. We were explosive the previous year. We, we weren't good, buddy. <laughs> we we struggled. You had to hope for it, the occasional, oh, look at that. We schemed it up and got a long run here. Yeah, That's it, how that went. That was the, the strange thing about those PFF grades, as I recall, was that the run grade was high, but then the run block grade was cratered low. Yeah. It was terrible. Yeah, we were feasting famine type yeah. team. So to be seventh, that feels about right. By the end of the season, when you're watching a lot of other games, in November it's easier to watch other games because the playoff picture is becoming clearer, so you know which ones to pick. And I'm looking around at all these teams in the top 10, and I'm saying, that offense ain't as good, or or if it is, it's it's only equal to Florida State. Aren't many offenses better than ours? So I would tell you that this upcoming season, where it gets interesting is that we have the chance to be better uh, as, as a pass rush unit, and we have a chance to be better in coverage. You know, if you're looking at defensively, I keep saying all the pressure is on the defense. Um, they didn't improve all that much in those categories at all. Uh, they weren't better tackling last year than they were the previous year. These are all defensive areas where I think they can be a lot better. They they went backwards in their overall uh, ranking defensively. Offensively, almost across the board, they were better. The lone exception is they were dreadfully bad in pass protection. Down 30 spots. Did you buy that? Um, you know, it was funny. Gene and I went through that at first blush. I didn't. Uh, but then if you think of pro football focus likes to penalize specific plays, splash plays in a big way. Yes, they do. So if you drop a pass, your receiving grade, really, you have to do a whole lot to make up for a drop pass. Or if you fumble the ball as a running back, it penalizes you. Yeah. The sack fumble against was a big deal this year. It happened multiple times. Key situations. NC State was one of those. Uh, Clemson, 
It also doesn't take into account situations. The, correct. The second half, that's the other thing I pointed out, is in garbage time, and there was a lot of that for the Knowles for good reason this year, if Tate is flushed out of the pocket or A.J. Duffy in his brief, brief window, if you got problems with that second to third string offensive line, they're going to grade it equally. Yeah, it kind of, it's, they it, grade, that's what I'm saying. They don't grade situation. They grade UMass the same way they grade Clemson. Correct. So that's a limitation on their rate, rankings as well. But then if you're looking for evidence that the pass blocking got worse, the Florida game's a good example. They could have had about six sacks on like one play. This is where Jordan Travis saves your ass. Yeah. Yeah. If you have an immobile quarterback, this is really going to be highlighted. The reason it feels like the number doesn't make sense is because you're not recalling too many times where people came unfettered and, and hit Jordan. You can remember lots of times where people got pressure, but he ultimately made them miss and oftentimes turned it into a spectacular success. Either bought time by making a guy miss and then completed a pass, or in the case of some of these games, just ran wild and, and did things that you know most Mortals can't do a quarterback, so maybe maybe people don't realize that that was an area of weakness, and in fact, that it had regressed a little bit. I think it'll be better this year. I agree. That's the uh, the low key truth about this offensive line is that it got to average to slightly above average to go along with good play calling and a balanced offense with a quarterback who's dual threat. And and so yeah, that the quarterback all boats. Yeah, and the quarterback did take a huge step forward with pre snap. Correct. So that helped too. So I think they got to an average level to above average. They could be better. This offensive line could be a whole lot better. Well, when we have the discussion that you and I have had about is Florida State championship level depth, are they great? They've overcome areas of weakness because they have a guy who turned into Superman in a lot of games this year, and they did get better and deeper and more diverse in terms of the skill set at wide receiver. Well, I think, obviously, this year, when you're talking about some of the experience that comes in on the offensive line and the ability to, to block it up better, Another year in the system, now you add these tight ends to the mix, and you do have a loaded backfield. Yeah, I, I, I think this offense can take another step forward. That's why it's – I mean, you talk about – I've said before, I don't think that they're, they're going to be the problem. And you said, well, there is pressure on them because they improved so much in the points per game and all that stuff. Man, I just think they have so many answers. They have so many answers. Just go out and execute. I think they'll execute better. The numbers will take care of themselves if you just go out and execute with the talent that you have. I don't see how that can't happen. I I agree in theory. Yeah, the I mean, problem injuries is, or like, whatever, but. but you get hit in the mouth right away with a good test, and so you better know what you are going into that game and not yeah. be trying to establish what you're going to be. You have so many holdovers that it shouldn't be an issue, and Lord knows there was enough receiving yards and catches out there for both of the tight ends, Marquise and, and Cam, and there were a couple opportunities that we lament. One of them was in the LSU game, a, a seam pass that was one of Jordan's best of the year. Yeah, it's still yeah, it, yeah. like it had staying power. He I'm, made a I'm lot mad, of great. Throws. I'm mad about that still. I couldn't believe that drop. If that's Jaheim Bell, that's it's, coming down, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's catch, and it's a big play. And all of that said, we did go from you know what 95 to six, correct in terms of the grade for receivers. Now I, that receiving core can get more consistent. There's just no doubt about that. You see some wild inconsistencies, even for the better players within that group. Yeah, I'd say actually it hurts to lose Pokey. You know, after all these years that he's been here since just after we Did won the national title. Did anybody do more for his historic stock <laughs> than Pokey Wilson in this final year? Uh, like, the amount of times he showed up in big moments on a big stage in a big game with all the lights shining bright, like, even the, even games that became one-sided, like the Miami game, it's Pokey that hits the catch just early. Runs, oh. I mean, that, that play is huge. Sets the tone. It's early, and it's... 
get you some, and here comes a lot more. And some of those were very tough catches, too. Yeah. Contested catches that you got to fight through and be tough. But the LSU he's, game, I mean, you go on and on. He's the offensive LaMarcus Brutus. We now have our guy on offense where you say, well, hot damn. He's a testament to sticking with it, getting better, having a good attitude, working through it, being frustrated knowing that I can do more. I wish they would trust me to do more. I wish this team were better at blocking up. I'd have an opportunity to do more. But I'm not leaving. I'm not going to bitch and pout and not go and do all the things I can to put myself in a position. Like He deserves credit for that because a lot of guys don't do it. I lament that all the time. It's it's easier now to leave than ever before. And in some cases, I get why guys leave. In other cases, I think it's rash and impulsive. And young people tend to be impulsive anyhow. And so now that you have options, when that impulse strikes you and you're frustrated and you are 95th in receiving, <laughs> according to PFF, you might choose to leave. But he didn't. 96th. You might choose to leave, and he didn't. And... Man, was he rewarded. I love it. I love what that represents. One of the shocking stats to me, and I I have a hard time I test marrying. Mm-hmm. I think that this has mm-hmm. to do with overwhelmed quarterbacks on the other sideline, you know, this past season, backups, injuries, what have you. The pass rush grade is is equal to the year prior. So you're telling me that from a PFF standpoint, 81.1 is what we got as a pass rush grade with Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas. It's the same? It's the same. It didn't get worse. I find that hard to believe. We weren't as good rushing the passer last year as we were two years ago. It's just not. It's well, just we not didn't so. have any singular dominating element like we did with Jermaine Johnson because Verse was playing hurt a lot of times. And on the other side, you have an emerging star. You do. Yeah. Oh, look, Patrick Payton. I'm saying Payton in a big way. But I mean, Payton flashed, but he wasn't consistent. No. So I guess you could. But you look at those numbers yeah. that Kier and Jermaine put up in the tackles for loss department, the sack department, total tackles, like the influence that they had in the game from the pass rushing position, all downs. I, we didn't match that last year. And we improved three spots in PFF's overall grade because, again, this is all individualized year by year. I, you know, they would say, that would say on its face, we got better rushing the passer in 2022 over 2021. There's no way, no how. No way, no how. Now, they can be better this year. It'll be interesting to see how Edmund fits into the puzzle. A more veteran in the training room, lifting weights, Patrick Payton to go along with Jared Verse. McClendon is still in that shuffle in the top four as well. You can be better rushing the passer this year. I just Those stats say we got better relative to the competition well, we did, think with about, Jared Verse. We did not. Well, I mean, think about there are some games that, that, that allow for that. The Georgia Tech game, the Boston College game, the Syracuse game. Um, I mean, there's a lot of teams that got overwhelmed. Think about this. You knocked the quarterback out in the NC State game. I mean, so that the the grades for their yeah. attack that night had to be high for the defense despite our frustrations and low for NC State's offense without question. So there, there are a lot of games where you could circle and just be like, well, you know, that we, we did blow seven teams out this past year. Correct. Correct. And that is, look. We couldn't even blow out anybody beyond UMass the year prior. You know, so that is a step in the right direction. I'm just saying that pro football focus does not adjust for opponent. And the back half of it the schedule not, was yeah. littered with injured and backup quarterbacks. You bad teams. Bad teams, too. Took advantage of it. Beat them down. Did what you were supposed dominated, to do. Dominated, but they're still bad teams. 
which is again what why would Jermaine I said, and Kier have done against that same you know schedule. Well, it would have been at the, one of the top teams in the country. Correct. The and this is also why I said on yesterday's show when we were talking, you know, having some fun with W's and L's and going through all of that, you could come at it and be very pragmatic, and you could be right on both accounts. You could say, for example, hey, look, man, Florida State beat one really good team last year, and that was LSU. That's the one really good team they played. That team went on to be good in the SEC. It was a good team, and we beat that team. And they handled the, the game flow as well. Yes. I'm not going to say game control, <laughs> but, but you look at the middle. Yeah, they were the better team. They, they, were, the better team. Team. they were the better team. It, it would have been, been a fluke yeah. result if we had lost. Yeah, so that, that was the significant victory of the season, as it turned out. You played three other good teams, and you lost all three of them. So there's so much room for improvement. You lost to a bad team. That NC State team that night wasn't that sure. good. Well, no, they weren't. But, I mean, relative at the time, what they were. They sure, were, sure. Know, all of that. course, yeah. So, those three teams. Okay, fine, fine. You still have a long way to go. Now, the question is, do you think they'll get there? Because if you do, well, then fine. Then you're going to well, project a gaudy record. If you don't, then obviously you say you think they're going to lose three games. We can vet this, too, as we've got a long way. It's only February. <laughs> we've got some time here. But is there another landmine? You know, is this a thing where once a year we're going to have a landmine game like J-State or like NC State where you inexplicably find a way to lose the football game, given the circumstances? Well, I would and, su- I would suggest this. Well, when you're trying to shoot for a playoff, that matters. That's going to be the difference between playoff and no playoff if the answer is yes or no to that question. Also, though, remember this. Georgia won the national championship last year. Georgia should have lost to Missouri last year. We watched that game. If Georgia did, they still would have been in the playoff and they still would have won the national title. That's my I don't, point. I don't there know are, that we get that strike. Right, but I'm saying there are countless examples of elite, elite teams that have two games a year where you're like, whoa, what is happening here? Why are they? It just happens. You're dealing with young football players. It's not professional football, getting closer, but it's not. And I think you see this sometimes. It's it's very rare to see what we saw in 2013. What we saw in 2013 was a dismantling of our opponents every week, save for the final one against Auburn. It was ass-kicking Central. It's totally fair. It's very rare, though. It's just that our reputation is not what it was, and this conference doesn't have the clout of the SEC. So when you're trying oh, you you're going to have to afford, compare resumes. You, yeah, well, no, you can't afford to drop a game in this with this schedule that isn't either to LSU or Clemson. Everybody else probably gets you knocked out of the playoff contention. I guess if unless you, go, you beat both LSU. Yeah, and Clemson. I was gonna say if yeah. you go eleven and one, I guess you you could lose to anybody and you'd still probably be in playoff contention. If you go on to win the ACC championship, you you probably would still be in contention, just like TCU was. But I mean, yeah. If it's Duke, if it's oh, Pitt on the road, bro, yeah, you know, they're be like, well, <laughs> we'll see what Pitt is. That, Pitt's, Pitt's kind of the X factor. We're not real sure what that Pitt team is going to be. It'll be our luck that they're really good, and we're going to have to play up there in November during that stretch of games where, you know, you, you would say that your stiffest competition is happening. We're going to dismiss Miami so much at that point. Oh, boy, this is it, guys. The roadie to Pitt. Then we get some relief for the next two weeks, and we play Florida. That's the fun part of all of this is to sit here, and, and we're in the midst of talking about the game that we don't know is the one that's going to stand out that we're nervous about, and none of us are thinking about Miami. Cheeks. That's what Miami is. We're just kind of like, eh, well, you know, I don't know. Duke could be a problem. Pitt's interesting. <laughs> maybe, the, <laughs> maybe the wake roadie. 
Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply Second time in two days that I've nearly hit myself in the face with the uh, headset I was trying to put on. I'm becoming less coordinated. This is this is a good. Keep stepping on it or rolling the tire of the seat over it. It's absurd. And then the reaction. Really, the problem isn't that it's less coordination. It's that when when there's a folly, when you do something silly, you're not paying attention. You turn and hit something or whatever. It is. I'll tell you what happens, what changes, is your reaction becomes violent. Like, because you don't trust it, so you're like, ah! (laughs) Like, you think something disastrous is going to happen because you screwed something up or you're knocking something over. It's ridiculous. So you're saying that that's something that's age-related? I think so. I uh, Yeah, I think so. That that makes sense. Think about how many old people, as a child and as you grew up, would yell at you, be careful! Don't step over there. You're going to fall. Well, because the, yeah. What do you mean? Step right here? Yeah, the repercussions for falling changes greatly from the age of, say, 25 to 55 or so. You know, you get nervous when you get up there. I never thought about any of these things in my 40s. So it's kind of like now I I, I just bumped this mic as I was turning with the headset, and I was like, ah! (laughs) Get your hands up, Cameron! Two uh, two Novembers. Get your hands up! (laughs) Two Novembers ago, when uh, we played in the uh, the beach volleyball golf tournament here in town, there was a, a, a setup on one of the holes that you could play against the team, and you, so you donate, you play. If you score a point, you get all this stuff because mm. you're not you're not going to score a point. You're just not. And I dove to make a play, and I made a play to keep the ball alive, keep the rally alive. Yeah. Got back to the cart, and it occurred to me, oh my god, I probably shouldn't have done that. And you're young enough. Well, mid thirties is a little it's yeah. questionable. You, yeah, I mean, it, it it's a little could be slam more on the hip. Yeah, I was like, ooh, that usually that that never did that before. Where there's like a little tinge in the hip, you've got a better chance of like breaking your arm or you know things of that ilk, as opposed to uh, the broken hip is the uh, last gasp of the uh, very old, and that usually leads directly to the grave. We're coming a little bit further along, though. I will tell you that I've known a couple old people in recent years that uh, broke a hip and then rallied back miraculously. The other thing that happens to old people... You get replacements now before it happens. other thing that happened, um, the, the thing I used to think about, and now it's the last of these that I caution. I used to laugh at this because it happens every year around Christmas time. Somebody that you kind of know or somebody that you know that knew this person, it's at a distance usually, hopefully, because if you've had to experience it directly... I'm sorry, that's sad. 
But somebody falls off the roof putting on the Christmas lights. Oh, yeah. It's happening frequently. All the time, people just falling off their roofs and doing serious damage. And so because of that, now I got up on my roof this year and did it. But my wife was pleading with me, you don't need to get up on the roof. Why are you going to, I'm like, I'm not an invalid. I can get up on the roof. I can get up on the roof with the best of them. She's like, no, but if you fall off the roof, that situation is much worse now. Yeah, I, I think what this segment is, is therapy, and you're coming to the conclusion, your subconscious is forcing you to realize you can't do it this year. Because you just said, coming out of break, when things go wrong, there's a violent reaction. So imagine it's always 85 degrees when you're hanging up your Christmas stuff anyway. Unfortunately. There's a bee. Or a wasp that gets right, right near something your Something you can't foresee, and then, yeah, then that's how people go stumbling off the roof. In your age with the mm. violent reaction, that's it. That's ball game. You're going down. But if you go up there with the thought, don't overreact. It's like when you're teaching your kids to drive. That's denial. That's pride. When you're teaching your kids to drive, you got to tell them that you can't overreact. Can't overcorrect. You overcorrect, we got a problem. This is going careening off the road. Did you have proper driving lessons? Did you ever go to one of those schools or were you taught by a Yeah, parent in high or? school it was offered. You, you, you oh, took you driver's ed. ed. You just did driver's ed. And the thing about driver's ed is that uh, I feel like that should be mandatory, right? Like everybody's got to – you should take driver's yeah. ed. I mean, it just it stands to reason. I had a teacher where you had to slap the magnet on the back of the car. Yeah. Best piece of advice he ever gave me. He says, when you're changing lanes, never slow down. Accelerate when you're changing lanes. That's I mean, it. Just sounds simple, but then you get in the car with so many of the people, and they're like, "Oh, I gotta change." They're Brady Hoke. Ooh. Gonna change the lane, and they pull their foot off the gas. I've what also, are you doing? I've also stated numerous times, guys, that it is not. This is for adults. I see this all the time. It is not necessary for you to turn out wide in order to make a turn. Just make the turn. I'm, I'm assuming you don't have some jalopy that doesn't have power steering or something. You've got a modern vehicle. You can make the turn. Also, as somebody who takes the interstate every day, do we have? You need to accelerate as you're merging. There are there is a circumstance one in ten where you've got to do some maneuvering and braking and stuff. Otherwise, yeah, yeah, yeah. you just hit it and you go. Go. The on ramp is one of the great places on the road. You know why? Because you could just gun it's it. It's the gateway to leaving the starting line. It is. Yes, I'm gonna punch it. And I have a turbo, so for me, when I get on that lane, it's like, get you some. Here it comes. The one, I love it. The one Mayhan entering westbound I-10 is tremendous because it's oh. just a thin little lane. It looks like your own little driving course. Let's go. I love that part of it. Why do people ruin that by slowing way down? If you're too frightened to be on the interstate, you shouldn't be on the interstate. I will time it out. If I'm behind somebody in the turn lane to get to the on-ramp and I'm there, I've got time to cross right behind them. If I, wait, judge your, if I judge your car to be that of somebody who's going to go slow. Who's afraid. I profile cars. Oh, I pro profile the age of the driver, too. Yep. If you got an old Cadillac, you're an old driver, there's no way. I'm giving you a 10-second head start because I'm not getting stuck out here. Oh, it's my in ass the out the well wind, buddy. Go, yeah, we're going 36 miles per hour because you refuse to gun it. No, that's not happening. It's fun. Getting on the interstate is fun. Here we go. Enough of this nonsense. Hour number two, fourth coming. Stay with Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV.